0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver, tire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by.
1: Get your breakfast raw every morning. It's Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN.
0: Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN Blues and Oilers tonight, 6.30 pregame, 7.30 faceoff, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and former Blues analyst and player and all-around great guy Kelly Chase joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Chaser, are you there? Should be. Okay. Things aren't working. We're going to have to get Chaser back. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Because... Chaser wants to talk to us. He's got a new business opened up in uh, in Chesterfield that I want to ask him about.
2: Oh, I want to hear about that for sure so we can support it.
0: Yeah, we we shall. We'll we'll get him on the air. And he was, and we'll get him to talk about this too, just an absolute star. I mean, you have Gretzky and you have Hull and you have McInnis and Pronger and you have Marte Brodeur in the Winter Classic here in St. Louis five years ago. But then you had number 39. And he's with us now? Chaser, good Hello. morning. There he is. How are you doing, sir? <laughs>
1: Good. I'm only on because Michelle's on. Thanks. Thanks, Chaser.
2: I appreciate that.
1: No sweat. (laughs) Chaser, I... I That's not true, Randy.
0: (laughs) You're my guy. We've known each other forever.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true.
0: (laughs) Hey, uh, but uh, this is something that hasn't been around forever. I want you to tell folks about your new business in Chesterfield. What do you got going on?
1: Oh, thank you. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, I didn't know I was going to get a shameless plug in here, but I uh, appreciate it. Okay, well, um, no, we, uh, we opened a, uh, medical marijuana, um, facility in Chesterfield called Hippos. It's right kind of by Espino's in the Valley. And, and, uh, you know, I sort of, uh, I've never, I've never been in that space before, but, um, after I had my little episode with my brain lesion and went through the process, I learned a lot about, um, about the kind of the effects and the, the things that it can help you with. with non-traditional medicine. And, uh, it seems to be helping a lot of the former players uh, getting away from opiates and stuff like that, as well as a lot of the guys in the military. So, um, I got involved in it and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I got some licenses. I applied through the state, um, went through that process. It's been about a seven year process, I guess, between the vote coming through and everything. And now we have a, um, cultivation facility in, in Vienna, Missouri, a manufacturing there as well as, uh, Three dispensaries: one in Chesterfield, um, one coming soon in um, Columbia, and one in um, Springfield. So, pretty exciting and uh, a lot of work and a lot of money. So, hopefully, uh, things uh, you know go well, and we're excited about it. We've been, we've been, it's been a learning process, but it's a, you're never too old to learn.
2: No, not and congratulations, and I sure, I'm sure i sure a lot of people listening, Chase, are excited to go check out your new place. Well, the Blues back in action tonight versus the Oilers, but then we have the Winter Classic on deck, and we've been talking a lot about past Winter Classics for the Blues, including the alumni game, which I know you participated in back in 2017, and I think it's worth noting, Chase, that not only did you participate in that alumni game, but you had a goal and an assist in that game as well, so can you take us back to that experience and tell us what it was like?
1: Well, I told Sutter when I got to the bench, I told you you never used me right. Like, uh, there was no excuse for him not putting me on the ice. Mark, you know, I played one. I played a half a game with Hollen Oates. Um, we won the game. Holly uh, scored in the game. It was a perfect game. Cujo kept the sh- uh, goals against down. I think it was a one nothing or a two one game who holly scored everyone went home happy like i don't get what the big deal was and i uh, he'll use me one game there but no i was it was fun i don't understand why the league doesn't do the game every year i know i mean they have a, they say well it's a hassle with the ice or whatever but st louis had fifty thousand fans as a matter of fact the tickets were scalping for more for the alumni game than they were for the big game the next day or or whatever the date was. Was it two days later? Right. We had to. We had to. We had to play two days later because right. there was a Toronto game going on as well. So, like, basically, um, it was a. It was a lot of fun. But it'd be a great way. I. I again. I want to tell you. Getting back to where I was just saying about being part of the medical marijuana. I'm also in the alumni association, uh, chairman of the board for the league, and uh, we're finding you know different ways to try and help guys that have gone through some you know, injury stuff that needs surgeries and stuff like that. This is a great way for, to raise money, too, I think, and, uh, for the Alumni Association and to help some of the older guys, especially the guys that are in the original six that are you know, still around and, and going through some of their stuff. I mean, just think of the revenue that was raised at that game. It was so, it was so awesome. Just going out on the ice and seeing the fans and how excited they were and, and seeing them react to some of the guys that haven't been around for a long time. It was, it was awesome.
0: And Chaser, we were talking to Jax yesterday and he was talking about how in the room you were getting everybody involved and you got a lot of big personalities and a lot of hall of famers in there. Tell us about the vibe in that blues alumni dressing room before that game.
1: Well, the funny thing is, is like, it doesn't matter if you're an alumni or you're, you know, a kid playing now, everybody wants, like everybody's watching everything that Wayne does everyone's like, you know, and, and Gretz was great. He, uh, he ordered a, I don't know. I I want to say he ordered like 15 or 20 dozen sticks and he's just stood in the room and he taped and they were just, there's kids taping sticks and he was getting sticks ready. And, and I think, you know, he just stood out and warm up and shot one puck with each stick. And then he he was just after the game signing them, giving them the guys, right? Guys wanted to sip. He's like, let me sit beside Gretzky. Come on. I know you, <laughs> I know I know, I know. you're managing who, who's sitting where in the room. Let me sit by Gretz. And then he, just, he would just move. He'd look over at me with this big Cavalini smile, and he'd slide a little closer to Wayne. He'd go, take a picture, take a picture. And it, was, it was hilarious. I mean, you know, so in the room there was a lot of personalities, but you want the guys that played together to be together, you know, Kachuk and Drake or, you know, some of the guys that had been around with one another. You wanted them sitting by one another so they could – you know, kind of have a laugh together and, and, and be, you know, kind of be together as a group. And, and, uh, anytime you get Hully in a room, especially when it's for fun, you know, you can hear the bitching and complaining, but yet he's laughing about all of it. And it's just awesome. Like it was just so, it's just so look, look, when you, when you, when you finish the game, you don't miss the game. You miss the guys, you miss the room. Um, that's what you miss. You miss, you miss that camaraderie. You miss that, joking that goes on and, and truthfully, like, you know, like we enjoyed the game cause it was, I mean, it was hard not to look around at all the people and you want to say thanks to the people you want to say, Hey, you know, like we appreciated the fans. They, they stood there and cheered and clapped and, you know, we're slower than hell and <laughs> we're out there playing and everyone's enjoying themselves. But the truth is, is that it's the only true place that a player feels comfortable You know, they can feel awkward in front of the microphone. They can feel awkward maybe out about town or not comfortable speaking in front of people or whatever. But people say, are you nervous in overtime? And I'm like, when you're playing, no, because you're just playing. You're just doing the thing you did as a kid, your whole life. And you, and you dreamt of being in that position and you don't worry about it because that 200 by 85 is protecting you, that glass or whatever it is. But when you, you know, when you leave the game, those uncomfortable situations uh, in life or, or in business or whatever it is, they, you know, if there's a hard, it's hard to find that comfort zone again of where you can be comfortable. But you're always comfortable in the locker room and around the guys and, and uh, having a laugh, and, and I, that to me is special. And I think uh, being in that locker room at that point was one of the best parts of the whole, and as, as, as great as it was out there. To see the smiles on so many guys' faces because they played the game they loved, that was great.
2: I can't even imagine what that was like. It was probably filled with a lot of laughs. But I want to know, Chaser, did you get one of those sticks that Wayne Gretzky was autographing and passing out?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, You know, it's funny because uh, there's a story about my kids, about Wayne Tristan. His son was uh, staying overnight at our place one night, and and it was cold Christmas, uh, and... uh uh, we were flying out of town with the team and Gretz called me and said, Hey, I'm going to go over I'm going to go down on the pond with the boys. He goes, then I'm going to take them over to the house and we're going to watch the world junior game. So I'm going to go buy a bunch of McDonald's and just, you know, get a bunch of junk food and stuff. And we're going to watch Canada USA. And I said, I said, well, I mean, we're leaving town. So he goes, just, just tell Raylan I'm coming by to grab the boys. I said, okay. So, uh, I phoned my son, my oldest son, and this is how kids take things for granted. It was a little different because they'd grown up a little bit more by the Winter Classic. But So I, I said, hey, Mr. Gretzky's coming over. He's coming down on the pond with you guys, which, you know, is a rarity in St. Louis anyway that gets cold enough. And he goes, I go, make sure you get some pictures. And uh, he goes, well, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So a couple of days later, I kind of forgot about it. And then I called him. I said, hey, son, did, did, did Mr. Gretzky come down? Oh, yeah. He, I said, can you send me some of the pictures? So he sent me these pictures. And... You know, there's pictures of Luke and Ben and Tristan and and a bunch of their buddies. And I said, finally, I said, I I sent them back. I said, where's the pictures with Mr. Gretzky? He says, who do you think took them? (laughs) You're out on the ice with Babe Ruth, and you asked him to take the pictures? (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Like, seriously, dude? And I was was just like, are you kidding me? And then after, you know, now that they're older, they kind of realized, you know, that was kind of a big deal. Mr. (laughs) Gretzky out on the pond. We got pictures with the kids. You know, Wayne was taking them. Hey, Mr. Gretzky, could you get some pictures? And they handed Wayne the camera.
2: Unbelievable.
1: So, so, so this time when we got the stick, it was more like, hey, give me the stick. I'll take care of the stick. You guys, you guys. But Wayne signed all the sticks to, every, to each guy. Keith Kachuk, you know, Dallas Drake, uh, Al McGinnis, whoever. He signed a stick to every single guy. Um, my understanding is the league might've sent a bill for extra equipment that we bought. And Gretz said, don't pay that bill. Give me that bill. I'll take care of that and he wow. phoned the league and straightened that out in a hurry. So it was, uh, he, it was just, a, it's just, you know, you're around that group of guys who are so make it so much fun and so comfortable that that's, that's what was great about it. You know, like you're around Holly, and, you know, honor mechanics. Those guys are, you know, you're just, you're, you're the greatest players, you know, Stastny and, and just around them all. And then you're all in that same, same, you know, room where you're laughing and everybody's just on that equal platform where they're just giving it to one another. I mean, that's, that's, that's what our game is about. We, you know, the, the, the message that we have is taking care of one another and not leaving anybody behind. So when you're in a, you're in an environment like that, it's pretty neat to see the guys all laughing and having fun together.
0: Chaser, this just struck me, and I, I swear I've never thought of this before, but we know how tight the Blues alumni is and how big it is. Do you think part of it might be because of every Blues player up until the, the most recent, this current ownership, they've had to deal with so much stuff, whether it was Keenan or Harry Ornest or Nest the or missing the draft in 83. Do you think the, the weirdness of the organization up until now kind of made the bond a little bit tighter among you guys that wore the blue note?
1: I've never thought about that, maybe, but I think it's more about the city. Um, you know, I think it's, and then this is not like this, just, hey, I want to thank the fans thing. It's not, it's not, it's not what this is. I, I don't, everyone knows how I feel about the city, so I'm not blowing smoke up anybody, but I think it has more to do with the comfort level of the way we we're treated here. It's not like, like, uh, I'll use Wayne as an example again. Like, he, he comes here and he's like, I can't believe how nice everyone is. Like I go, you know, they just leave me alone. They just, they're like, Hey, wait. And they just keep rolling, you know? And I said, well, there's so many of the players here that people are accustomed to seeing you out as a normal person, but they say that in life, there's seven degrees of separation. There's one in St. Louis, like literally one, everybody's got a guy. I guarantee you, you know, you need a plumber. I got a guy. You need an electrician. I got a guy car dealer. I got a guy. Everybody's got a guy, right? Because people take care of one another here. And so for me, I mean, I was living in Nashville for, you know, I had a place in Nashville. I was working in Nashville. I always lived here, but people say, I thought you moved to Nashville, which I, I had a place there and worked there and my commitment was five years and we ended up doing very well and getting rid of our, you know, project was basically sold out in, in about two and a half or three. And I'm, you know, I'm back here full-time But I can tell you the difference between being there, and it's an unbelievable. city. I love Nashville, and and this is not a knock on it. It's just that there's literally one degree of separation when I'm here. If, If my family, whether it's doctors or whatever it is, mechanic or whatever, there's always somebody there that takes care of you. And I think that's what the bond is about in this city. I think that's why people stay. The quality of life, there's a lot to be said for the quality of life and how easy it is to live where people are good to you. I mean, try, you know, try that same thing in New York. It's not how it works. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so uh, I think that's the reason why guys stick around. They just, they love, the people are so good to us here that it's easy to stay and be part of the community and just be like everyone else.
0: Hey, Chaser, one last thing before we let you go. And obviously this team has been decimated by injuries and COVID. Do you have a, a feel for this team as we head to the new year and they start to get their guys back? Um.
1: Well, kind. I mean, I go to all the games. I, I think I've got, you know, I love watching. And I love sitting by myself and just kind of taking it in now. And now I'm an armchair expert instead of being on the radio trying to be one. But um, I think – I think this team. I look at this team, and I think they have the, the 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 pieces are there to win another championship. They're just, in my opinion, they've got to get back. They've got to get a couple of guys. They're going to start bullying guys again. And I hate. I. I and this is not about hey fighting or anything. But the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup because they were big. Their back end looked like trees. They were. They were mean. Who's going to tell? Who would believe that you could bully the Boston Bruins out of a playoff round? San Jose couldn't have played a game seven if they wanted to play. If we have a team in the, going into the playoffs that's going to bully everybody again, we're going to win because we have the depth and scoring the skill. Um, we've got guys that have been there before. Um, but you can't, you can't kind of expect that it just come down from your guy making $50 million in Shen or, or point to Bertuzzo and go, those two guys are the guys. It was by committee before. Edmondson was mean. He couldn't get around Bo. Um, you know, Sammy Blay played tough. Uh, all these guys, play, you know, they hit, they didn't care. They were just like, you know, Barbershove's still here. Those guys have all got to find their game of being, hey, I'm going to step it up again. Now, you can say whatever you want. The league's really trying to correct this because I'm sure Edmonton's doing the complaining a little bit because Connor, um, who's the best in the league, in my opinion, hasn't got a lot of calls. Uh, in the playoffs. I mean, he's drawn one penalty in all the playoff games since he started. The point is the game does is called differently in the playoffs. And part of that is the guys that can step up and play in that adversity are the guys that are going to be successful. So when the whistle kind of goes away a little bit, if your team's allowed to bully guys a little bit, you're going to win in the playoffs. Like I said, San Jose couldn't have played a game seven if they wanted to, they barely could get on the plane. Mm Hmm. And we pushed in and they were given a game on a terrible call and it didn't, it didn't get us down chief Adam, I want to see Craig Berube. First of all, he needs a contract. And secondly, Mm -hmm. could we please just give him a full season of just coaching where we don't have to have stoppages and, 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 and COVID and, and everything. I mean, in fairness to the guy that won the only cup that's been here. I mean, to me that, that needs to be done. Like he needs to have a contract. First of all, if nothing else, for what he's accomplishing, I don't want to hear. Hey, you don't get paid on what you, you know, you know your past, but you do. I mean, and he's earned that. And especially with the, um, on the uncertainty of the game right now, and the uncertainty of what's going on with COVID, I think the Chiefs earned that. And so, again, I think that if you got a guy who, who knows the right way to, to asks so a very simple thing out of you to have work ethic. Um, then I think you're set up for success already. And if if the guys can be physical and understand that that's the only way you're going to win in the playoffs still, because guys are getting hit a lot in the playoffs or haven't had it all year. They're not accustomed to having to pick themselves up off the ice and not look over at the referee for a call. That's the thing now. Look over at the referee every time you go down, hold your lip a little bit, whine, and then hopefully you get a call. And if you don't have that in the playoffs and guys just chuckle at you because you're laying there acting like a whiner and they were to put the whistles away, you're going to win. That's just the way it is.
0: Chaser, great analysis. Great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. Happy New Year. And again, we advise people that are having issues with pain and you, you need a medical marijuana card to go to Hippos. Just find it online at hipposcannabis.com. Thanks for all you do for our community, too. Always great to hear your voice.
1: Hey, I love it. Love you guys. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. All
0: right, thanks, Chaser. Kelly Chase on 101 ESPN.
2: What a great interview.
0: What spectacular analysis.
2: I was so fired up listening to him talk about how the Blues were so physical and Mm -hmm. what they were able to do to win the Cup. I felt like I was in the pregame watching him on the Jumbotron, hyping us up, telling us what the team needed to do to secure the victory. That was incredible. And
0: Army is going to have to go make one more move. He's going to have to go get that guy that Chaser's talking about there. Yes, there are people that will bang here. But when you lose an Edmondson and you lose a Blay and you don't have Zach Sanford who his physical in those playoffs. Jay A Jay Bomeister doing what he did. And Mikola might wind up being a, a, a mini-me, Jay Bomeister. He's not going to be Bo. But they need... A, another physical player or two because of what Chaser's talking about. No doubt about it. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming, back, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about John Madden and his impact on society in general, and then uh, your are killing me, Smalls, is also coming up on 101 ESPN.
3: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama.
0: Whether in person or remote, open communication with your doctor is key to managing any condition, including heart failure. How have you been feeling? Um, I'm okay. Both are great options to continue having open conversations with your doctor about how you're feeling. I've had less energy. And when you speak openly with your doctor, they're better equipped to help. Visit HeartFailureTalks.com to learn more.